Thank you, mighty God. We come to worship you tonight, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here with us. That you inhabit the praises of your people. That when we praise you and worship you, you turn up. And you turn up to bless. You turn up to bless. I'm reminded of the story in Genesis chapter 32 where Jacob wrestles with a figure. And the figure says, the day's about to break, you better let me go. Jacob says, no, I won't let you go until you bless me. And it says, God blessed him there. Jacob was wrestling with God. How did God bless him? Just says, God blessed him there. Well, Jacob gives it away. Says he named that place Peniel, which means I've seen God face to face and he's preserved my life. The blessing of God is found in his face. And when he wants to bless you, he shows you his face. May the Lord bless you. May his face shine upon you. We thank you, God. that you show us your face and that is the ultimate blessing above every other blessing that we might be seeking we might we might be yearning for it is found in your face and your face alone and we thank you for tonight we thank you for your word We thank you the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and that truth would come tonight into every situation into every lie into every bondage into every heartbreak and heartache into every confusion the spirit of truth would come and people would be blessed people would be set free lives would be transformed by the power and the truth of the Holy Spirit. And everyone said, Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. Wow. Well, welcome everyone. It's good to see you all. Who's had a good weekend? Yeah, one couple of people had a good weekend. Awesome. You'll be pleased to know I'm not preaching tonight. But um, an announcement, sermon notes, you can find them by uh, snapping that QR code right there and that'll take you to uh, a new site that... 
bless you. It's, they're all up there. And the Awesome. Anyone who's joining us for the first or the second time, there, we do have a kids' ministry for kids aged four and up. Um, so as long as they're four and up and toilet trained, they're welcome to join the kids and um, they'll be blessed in there. And uh, any other announcements? I don't think so. I think I've covered it all. I will. I'll repeat that. So all the sermons, sermon notes are up there. You can uh, click that QR code and access them there and uh, share them with your friends or uh, however it blesses you. All right. Did I miss anything, Pastor Tony? It's all right. Um, What are you preaching on tonight? (laughs) (laughs) But you're preaching on fatherhood, so it's kind of related. Amen. All right, who's excited to hear from Pastor Tony? I know I am, but um, can we honour Pastor Tony as he comes to bring the word and yeah, give him a, a clap. Amen. Can you hear me? Nobody can hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? That's better. I don't know what's happening with your mics. <laughs> You're either that anointed or the battery's flat. Is all doing well? Can we stand? If you don't mind. Becky, can you put up? Let me get this going. Uh, Matthew 6, 9. We're going to pray the prayer of our Father. And if you've been in the church world, no matter what denomination, you must know this one. If there's one thing we all agree on, doesn't matter where you come from, is the Our Father. That's one thing that's undisputed. So I thought as, as a tradition, we would say the Our Father. Most people know it off by heart, but if you don't, we're going to say it's up on the screen. And we're going to pray this prayer, and that's and my message will be obviously titled the Our Father. We're going to speak about the Our Father, all right? Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Amen, you can be seated. Very traditional player growing up. We knew this off by heart. Obviously, coming from different backgrounds, everyone knows the Our Father. Remember about... It's got to be at least 15 years ago. And uh, a young guy came to the Lord and come out of a pretty rough background and um, come out of a background of drugs and, and, you know, a very loose lifestyle. A couple of boys got saved and, and they turned their life over to Jesus and, you know, they were a work in progress and, and they were getting baptised. And one of the guys um, brought his mum to the baptism who comes out of a another traditional church and didn't understand what was going on, wasn't happy about what's going on, wanted to kill us, really. Um, 
And uh, he got baptized and, you know, she out of respect for her son, because, you know, um, she really didn't know much about her son, but we did. And um, anyway, the Lord did a mighty work in that young man. And um, today he's married with children and, and life and give away that old lifestyle. So the Lord touched his life. Amen. So the, to the glory of the Lord. And, um, and then after the, the service, she had never been in an environment like this. She comes out of a, a traditional church. And they wanted to go out for a celebration lunch. And it so happens that we went to Hawa. Who's familiar with Hawa here? The chicken shop in Granville. Um, these guys go that much, they've got feathers growing. That's how much chicken they eat. But it so happened that we came in to, to buy some chicken. And it just seemed like the mum wasn't too impressed with the whole ordeal. So everyone sat over there and they sat me with the mum. And I had to... Hi, auntie, how are you? And the first thing she said, he goes, you didn't say the Our Father. And I said, true. Spoke about Jesus, spoke about the blood, spoke about the cross, spoke about deliverance, spoke about, but true, we didn't say the Our Father. Why don't you say the Our Father in your church? And I said to her, we do, but it's just not religiously every week. And I just thought, oh. Then I asked her just out of fear, because she wanted to bash me. And, and I said to her, auntie, do you understand what the Our Father means? She said, yeah. I said, awesome. What does it mean? What does hallowed be your name mean? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. I wasn't trying to be rude. wasn't trying to be smart. I was just, and she just, just stared at me. I said, and then I went and spent the next hour telling her about what the Lord's prayer means. Fast forward two years later, uh, the son was testifying about how his life had changed. The mum found out a bit more about her son that she thought she didn't. She, that she thought she knew. She came up to me because I want to thank you uh, for that day. I said, "For what day?" Because when you spoke to me, and and I thought my son was joining a cult, and now two years later, his life's fixed up, married with a kid, and I just want to say thank you. I said, oh, "Don't thank me, thank him." And why I tell you this story is because sometimes we can get so complacent that we do things. Example, the Our Father. It's the Lord's Prayer. It's a beautiful prayer. It's a prayer that we all know. But do we know what we're actually saying when we say the Lord's Prayer? You know, sometimes we can parrot things and do things in our life, even in our Christian walk. I mean, we pride ourselves in, in our organisation. Uh, it's not an organisation, but in our organisation that we don't do things like we used to. But then we can fall into a pattern of doing things and not knowing why we do them. And today I want to just... I don't think I'm even going to get through all the Our Father, so stay tuned to next week. You have to come next week, otherwise um, you have to come next week. But it's, a, it's an amazing thing to know. Most people say, well, why did Jesus come? And if I went around the room now, which I'm not because that's Rav's job on Wednesday... And I can't believe the same people still put their hands up every Wednesday and they're always wrong. So, <laughs> Why did Jesus come? We could say we're dirty, rotten sinners and we needed a saviour. We could say that there's no way to, to heaven unless a sacrifice. We can say all those religious, uh, doctrine, theologi theological truths. But why did Jesus come? That's a question you've got to ask yourself. Why do you take the name of the Lord? Why do you call yourself a, a Christian? Because in the early church, they didn't, they didn't call themselves Christians. They called themselves people of the way or people on the way. 
They were called the believer, the believers of the way. Because they believed they were going somewhere. So you've got to remember the early church, they were facing some religious spirits, some religious people in their day. They were caught between two cultures. They were caught between the religious Jewish culture where they made God so hard to obtain and so hard to, to, to please. And, and Jesus said, you put burdens on people and you don't lift a finger to help them. And then you had the Gentile world. Anyone who's not a Jew was considered a Gentile. Had made, they, they were religious too. They just put, made God in their image. In other words, their God was whatever they wanted it to be. And you can look at if you go into deeper, they had temples and they had pagan temples here and, and, and things like that. But they made God in their image. That's what the Bible says that when Jesus came, the, the gospel, the cross, is a stumbling block to the Jew and it's foolishness to the Greek. The Greeks were into philosophy and, and trying to philosophy everything. If that's really a word, I don't think it is. But they used to philosophy everything and then they would make a planet and say that's a god and they make up gods in their image and likeness. They would make you know, idols and statues. You know, Isaiah talks about it in his day where you make gods for yourself and you make them and you put hands and feet and eyes and those, but they can't grab nothing, they can't speak, they can't eat. They can't. They're just made out of an image that you made and you're calling it God. And the Jews were, they were no, they're no good. They, they, they worship idols. And then they made an idol of themselves. They made an idol of the Pharisee, the, the, the system, who they were. And Jesus says to the Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil. How is that for political correctness? The religious leaders of his day, the ones that people held in high esteem that were supposedly ordained, and following the book of the Torah and following the law of Moses, he calls them the children of the devil. And Jesus now is preaching and teaching and he's going about preaching the kingdom of God. He says, repent and receive the kingdom. He says, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is not about food and drink. It's not about what you own or don't own or what you eat or don't eat or what. It's about, what is it? Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden we get to this our, the our Father, and if you look at it in Luke and you look at it in, in the context of Matthew, they're asking him, show us how to pray. Just like John showed his disciples, teach us how to pray. The question came in Luke is because Jesus was praying. See, if your prayer life doesn't rely, doesn't relate to the word of God, you're praying amiss. Your prayer life, if you haven't got a prayer life, see, I was a preacher and a teacher and I love to preach and teach the gospel, but my prayer life suffered because I had this absolute joy to preach the gospel and jump from one meeting to another meeting to another meeting to another meeting and, and I'd get energy and at a drop of a hat, you, Tony, can you preach? I'll preach right now. Preach tomorrow. Preach now. I, I got the word inside me, but what I, one thing I lacked, because I could do that, because God graced me to do that, I let my prayer life go. Because I could preach at a drop of a hat and I could minister out of the love of the Father. Everything that God gave me, guess what? But my prayer life suffered, guess what? Your prayer life is the, de is the compass to get you to your destination. If you don't have a prayer life, you better get one. And the enemy's really subtle. I'll just put worship on. Beautiful worship is good. You need to worship, but you need to pray. Oh, but, but you know what? I'll just read the word. That's awesome. You need to read, but do you pray? The Bible says when you pray and when you fast, not if you pray. So your prayer is the compass that keeps you on the road. 
But what are you praying? How are you praying? Who are you praying to? And when they asked him, teachers, how to pray, you're talking to about his disciples, and everywhere you go, Jesus taught in front of Jews. You just read it throughout the scripture. He says, pray like this. He didn't say that's the only prayer to pray. We get this misconception. That's the Lord's Prayer. Just pray that you'll be sweet. No, I'm sorry. That's not true. That's not true. Really, the Lord's Prayer is John chapter 17. That's actually when he prays for the disciples and us. But here he's telling pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven and hallowed be your name. Let's just stop there. Now Jesus has come. And the concept of God being a father was foreign to the Jew. They were that scared of God in the sense, or they, they, they claimed it to be, they were that much reverence for God that he was so holy and almighty, they wouldn't even say his name that they thought Yahweh, you know, they would abbreviate his name. They wouldn't even spell it properly. They, wouldn't, they said the lips of a man is unclean to say the holy name of God, so they would abbreviate it. And the God that they had was the God of, you know, the God of Yahweh, the Almighty One who existed. Adonai, the Master. Jehovah Jireh, God is my provider. He had all these names. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. That the name of God isn't just a name like we are given you know, when, when someone's born. The names of God shed an attribute of God. In other words, when, when, when we taught on this, when, um, when Isaac was about to get sacrificed, let me pull it up quickly, just for a bit of revision. When Isaac was going to get sacrificed, and he goes, where's the sacrifice, Dad? He goes, God will provide a sacrifice. And he called that place Jehovah Jireh, God is my provider. Which means, Jehovah Jireh to us doesn't mean nothing, does it? Yeah, that's a nice name, good, nice Hebrew name. I call my cat that, my dog. That's what we do, we call names from the Bible and we say, yeah, I love this guy, he had every biblical name. Okay, this guy's got to be a believer. Do you believe in the Bible? I don't believe in the Bible. Okay, every kid had a biblical prophet name. He <laughs> doesn't even believe in God. Jehovah Jireh. And he named that place. So that's the God will provide. In other words, one day God will provide a sacrifice in the form of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world. Amen? So the names of God speak of who God is, his attributes, his character. Now Jesus comes along and now he's teaching how to pray. He says, our Father. He didn't say, my Father. He didn't say, your Father. He said, our Father. He said, our Father is a collective thing. It's our Father who aren't in heaven. See, the word Father in the Greek, this is translated from the Greek, the New Testament is written in Greek, is the word Father. But Jesus didn't speak Greek. He speak either Hebrew or Aramaic. It was probably Aramaic at the time. And the word father is abonar or abuna or, you know, the word, the word we get the word. Remember when he says you have not, no longer, you're a, you're a son now where we, we've been, we've got the spirit of adoption where we cry out, Abba, Father. The word denotes daddy, my daddy. There's father and there's daddy. And he was saying this is a personal relationship. He's not saying a father from a, this is my father. He's just saying this is my daddy. Our daddy, who is in heaven. You know, it's interesting that hallowed be your name. We talked on this again. But hallowed means to exalt the name or to revere his name as holy. Hallowed be your name. But he's got many names. But Jesus was narrowed it down. And 
He says, hallowed be your name. And I want to share this with you because, like I said, there's so much to unpack here. And I think I'm going to continue this next week. But I just really want you to get understand because if we don't go back to the Father's love, the church has lost the plot. If we don't go back, what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say he was going to do on this earth? What did he say? He said, I come to do the work of my... Me and the Father are. I am and the Father are. I can go through scripture after scripture. Let's go to the most common one. John chapter 14, verse 6. Who doesn't know this scripture? Nobody. All right, I'll read it. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to heaven except through me. Is that what he said? No one goes to paradise except through me. No one goes to, to the Father. So where are we going, people? To the Father. You see, what we do, we want to get to heaven. We want to be saved from our sin. But what are we saved from to do what? Are we just saved from something? Or are we saved to something? Where are we going? Heaven? What's heaven to you? What's heaven to me? Clouds? We're playing harps? Hope not, because I can't play instruments. What's heaven? We are going to a place called heaven. But do you know that heaven and earth is going to pass away? So why do you want to go to somewhere that's going to pass away? But I'm going to the Father, and wherever the Father is, I will be. You see, Jesus came to reveal the Father. And he says that I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Can you misunderstand that scripture, somebody? Someone please misunderstand it for me. It's pretty self-explanatory. I like when he says, I am. When Moses went to the burning bush, what's your name? He says, I am who I am. God has revealed himself through his son. No one knows the father except the son. We'll read this. I'm jumping the gun because I'm very excited. And he says here that he's not only father. He's not. So you've got to remember the Jews are thinking, this guy's it's blasphemy right now. He's claiming to be God's son. Now he's saying, oh, God is our father and he's his son and he's forgiving sin. It blew their minds who this guy was. But I want to ask you something. Every person's identity comes from the father. Who, I used to preach this 20 years ago. It says, we've got an identity crisis in the world. Can I say that we've got a very big identity crisis in the world right now? Because we don't know the father. If you know the father, and the father lives with you. He says that he's in heaven. Not only is a dad, God the almighty who creates everything on earth, is your dad, but he's in the heavens. He's in a heavenly place. He's, in a, he's even beyond heaven. He's in a, the realms of the heavens. He's sovereign. You can't twist God's gun. You can't manipulate God. You can't tell God what to do. You can't... No, no. God is in full, full, full control. But he wants to reduce himself in the sense to become known to us. In other words, he wants to make himself known to us as a loving father. You know... <laughs> Look at this. Let's go to John chapter... Oh, no, let's go to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. I want to share this with you. Jesus is now 
on this earth. Now, the Apostle Paul, they believe who wrote the book of Hebrews, says this, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. Wait. Speaking about the Old Testament, God revealed himself through prophets, Moses, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Isaiah, through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, through jo God was building, uh, 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 he was building people up and revealing himself systematically in the Old Testament. And he spoke to them through the, the, the prophets. That's what it's talking about. Moses had a revelation of God. Abraham, and they would share it, okay? But they would share it based on their experience with God. And he says, now, in times past, you knew about this God through the prophets. They held the prophets in high esteem. That's why Jesus says, I didn't come to remove the law. And whatever was spoken about me in the law and the prophets. So they, they weren't speaking untruths. But look what he says next verse. Has in these days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed to be heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. Now here it says, he spoke to us by his son. The true translation is in his son. In other words, he didn't just, Jesus didn't come to speak about God. In the Son was the Father, and in the Father was the Son. So in these days, if you want to know who God really is, people say to me, oh, I wish I could know who God is. But Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And in Christ, in through Christ, we can see in attributes the, the life of the Father through the Son. He wasn't saying someone external is going to show you. He's saying he's from me, and I'll reveal myself through the Son. And when Jesus says things like, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father, the only person that can reveal the Father to you is the Son. I can't even reveal him. I had an experience with the Lord 20, it'll be 21 years this September. September 27. My son was born on the 25th. Did I get that right? Yeah, my wife's watching. Hallelujah. <laughs> Two days later, I had an encounter with the Lord. Changed my life forever. If I was going that way, that and Kenna, I'm going this way now. I know the time, the date, where I was, which couch, everything. And that encounter with God changed my whole world. But there was something lacking. I, had a, I experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. And I had, a, had an idea who Jesus was. But now it became reality. But the Father, that was a different story. And God was dealing with me in many different issues in my life. And then finally, I think it would have been six or eight or 12 months later, I, I, I had an encounter with the Father's love, which wrecked me forever. I cried for three months. Every day I think about it, I'd cry. Because God was doing something on the inside of me. You see, that was with a clincher for me. Yes, I knew Jesus Christ. I knew that as a Catholic boy. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I'd fight you if he said something about Jesus, but I didn't know him. When I had an experience with the Holy Spirit, this is real. What is this? The power of the Holy Spirit? Man, God got me in reverse. He got me the experience and then I learned the theology of it. See, some people know the theology of it, but they haven't had the experience. And you need both. Guys, if you're sitting in church every week and not having an experience with Jesus, not having experience the power of the Holy Spirit, there's nothing wrong with God. There's something wrong with you. Sorry. What hunger do you have? When I got touched by the Lord, I went to Bible study every day. Good, bad, and ugly, but I went anyway. I ate every bit of food. 
And someone gave me a bit of wisdom, said, Tony, when you go to a smorgasbord, do you really enjoy the food? If you eat everything, not really. He goes, well, stop and let the Lord teach you. But I was so hungry for the things of God. I went everywhere. And when God touched my life with the Father's love, I started to see the Father in a, I started to see God in a different way. Because I said, do I pray to the Father? How do I pray to God? Do I pray Jesus in Jesus' name? Do I say, Holy Spirit, help me in Jesus? Do I, am I allowed to pray to the Holy Spirit? Is Jesus, I mean, are they in conflict? No, they're not in conflict. We're in conflict. How should I pray? Just put your hands up and cry out to your dad in heaven. Because here before the Our Father in Matthew, he says, don't be like the hypocrites babbling and talking and he already knows what you want. Speak from your heart. Pray like this. Make sure you come to God as a father, not as a dictator. We, we now have gone from God is so ruthless, he's going to kill us every time we blink, to God is our genie in a bottle. We can do whatever we want, no matter how we want to do it, and he's going to bless us because God is love and God could never judge us. Read the Bible, people. The father's love. You know, a true father will tell you truth. True or not? How many people here ignored everything their father and mother told them growing up and now as you get older you think, that was wisdom. Come on, put your hand up. There should be more of you. Come on, put your hand up. Don't lie to yourself. Come on. I can see two, three, three hands, three hands. I want four, four, five, six. Come on, let's be honest. Amen. You'll get it soon, Habibi. Just shove that dummy in there. We don't want any. I'm joking. And the Father's love was bestowed. He goes, think about this for a second. John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 9. Jesus said to him, I have been with you so long, and yet you have not known me. Philip, he who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? We've got a room, a church full of people like that. We're still asking, where's the Father? Because we don't haven't understood the heart of the Father for our life. And when we see, you never become until you belong. See, Jesus went about doing good, healing those oppressed of the devil in Acts chapter 4, I think. He went back. Did, do you see anywhere Jesus went about doing bad or putting curses on people? Or did he, did he, did he if you read the scriptures in context, he rebuked the religious leaders more than he rebuked the sinner. I defy anyone to find any, anywhere else. He rebuked his disciples more than he rebuked the sinner. Because you've been with me. You're feeding on me. And he still don't get it. And he's trying to say to us here, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So I look at it this way. What is God really like? Look at Jesus. Because Jesus is the exact representation. The fullness of the God had dwelt in Jesus in bodily form. He can't go amiss. But you, can, you understand something here? God knows our limitations. That's why he sent us the Holy Spirit. See, that's why the Apostle Paul says, I got the gospel from the Lord himself. And every epistle, I've read them all, and I've gone and checked them. Every epistle... He starts with our Father, our God and our Father and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ in that context. Always refers to God as his Father. He understood that God the Father, the Almighty Creator of heaven and earth. And this is coming from a religious Jew, a Jew of all Jews, he believes. Studied under Gamaliel, who was the top teacher of, of, of the day of the Jewish 
And he got radically saved and had this encounter with Jesus and he understood that Jesus come to reveal the Father. See, if we don't know our Father in heaven, where are we going? So you have an identity crisis today. If you don't know where you belong, if you don't know who you are, it's because you don't know the Father. Sometimes the way we look at God the Father is from our earthly father or absent father or terrible father or whatever, or even a good father can prevent you from going to the Father. The first promise in the Bible, promise for a blessing, is honour your mother and father. First four is to honour God. Then the first one for a blessing is honour your mother and father and long life will I satisfy you. Who wants long life here? Honour your mother and father. But then he goes on somewhere else and says, if you love your mother and father more than me, you're not fit to be my disciple. Time out, God. Do you know what the law says? He goes, yeah, I know. I wrote it. (laughs) Think about that. He says, honour your mother and father. But then later Jesus says, if you love your mother and father more than me, you're not fit to be my disciple. Now, I struggled with that for many years. But if you just stop there, and don't read any further, and don't ask the Holy Spirit, you'll go, that's it, and then you just start rebelling against your parents. Now, those who are older, if you come from an ethnic culture, it's pretty hard to, uh, they get honour and respect mixed up. We're supposed to, we will always honour and respect our family, amen? Amen? Don't ever lose honour. Oh, but they're not right and I'm wrong. Uh, they're not right, uh, uh, they're wrong and I'm right. Okay, yeah, but the Bible doesn't say honour them when they're right, it says honour them all times. Because when you start losing honour for who gave you life, who brought you into this world, how are you going to honour God who... You can't honour God and then hate your parents. But Jesus, you said, if you, if you love your mother more than me, what he was saying was, if you make your parents an idol, a God before me, you can never love them properly because you've put them before me and I can't love the Father. You, the love of the Father can't flow through me. Anything you put before God... Listen, mums, you do it a lot with the kids. Our culture does it a lot with the kids. Their kids are gods to them. But they're not yours. They came to you and they're going through you, but they're not yours. You'll be accountable to God. You'll raise them in the ways of the Lord. Mary carried Jesus. Mary carried something bigger than herself and she can't have any right over Jesus. She had to let him go because at the cross he says, Woman, this is your brother. This is your son. He had to become her saviour on that cross. So if you understand who the Father is, but we've got to understand the Father's love for us. We've got to understand who the Father God. Why are you saved? Where are you going if you get saved? We're, not, we're saved. We, 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 we're out of hell. Great. But we just want to go from hell to heaven. Not me. I want to know the Father. I want to know what the Son says. I want to know the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you're not just saved to go to heaven. There's a... I thank God that someone that preached to me and prayed for me and taught me didn't think like that because I would have just made another statistics. Yep, give your life to Jesus. He's a track. See you, mate. See you in heaven. But now someone went out of his way to pray for me and they saw me and put a seed in me. And you know why? Because they saw eternity on earth. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. What's he saying there? He's saying let the godly principles of the kingdom be manifest on this earth. Let his way be our way. Let's govern by his standards, not our standards. Let his kingdom come the way he does things on earth as it is in heaven. That's what Jesus did. What are you trying to say, Tony? I'm trying to say is that God has not left everything uh, blank. He hasn't, uh, it's not, not really finished yet. Now what he's saying is it's a finished work on the cross. Come on, somebody. 
It's a finished work. And now I've given you authority and power to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Because when I go to heaven one day, I want to get a tap on the shoulder and say, brother, hey, thanks for, for sharing the gospel. I don't know you. Yeah, you don't know me. But you, know, you gave $1 to a missionary who came into Africa and got me saved. Or you, or you sent money to whatever. You preached the gospel. You, you, you helped a poor person on the side. Whatever it is. I want to be... I don't really, what are you gonna have, what's your reward in heaven? What do you do what you do? Why are we here? If it's not about the Father's love. So ask this question, why does Jesus do what he does? Yeah, he's part of the Godhead. Yeah, he this, that. But why? Let's have a look. John chapter 17. John chapter 17, verse 6. Today I want you to leave here. And when you say the Our Father again, you're going to say it with power. You're not even going to say it word for word. You're just going to live out the Our Father. You're going to know that he's your Father in heaven and that his kingdom is reigning. Come on. And his bread is there every day. His provision is there. You're going to know who he is. That's why the Bible says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Look what he says here. Jesus, this is Jesus speaking. He says, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of this world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. I said, Lord, what name did you manifest? Who knows what manifest means? Yeah? Revealed? I'm not going there. <laughs> I looked it up, so I'm not that smart. Manifest meaning to show a quality or a feeling by one's acts or appearance or demonstration. Jesus says, I've manifested your name. But we, we did a small study on five names and he's got more. So what name did Jesus manifest on the earth? He goes, I manifested your name. In other words, I brought your name into existence and I have, what's it say again? I have demonstrated it. I've appeared it. It's appeared. There's a quality about it. What is it that he manifested? What name? The Father. He didn't talk about Elohim at all. Jesus encompasses all the names of God on that cross. If you have a look at that cross from we haven't even touched the, the amazing cross that Jesus has paid. His life on that cross. But what did he manifest? He says, I've manifested your name to the men whom you have given me. Now look what he says here. He goes, I have taken these men that you've given. These, these, he's talking about the disciples right now. And he's manifested their name. What did they see from Jesus? They saw love, mercy, grace, healing, dead raised, walking on water. They saw the whole kingdom of God in operation. Multiplication of the food, forgiveness of sin, forgiving a woman that should be stoned, dealing with the religious spirit, tempt, being tempted by the devil, praying when he uh, being uh, he, he even showed them the backstabbing, the bickering, and he everything that Jesus manifested was the name of the Father. He came to reveal the Father, Abba. And it blows my mind to understand that sometimes we don't know what we believe anymore. We are thrown away with every wind and doctrine. <laughs> I believe this today. I don't believe this tomorrow. Tomorrow I believe this. No, no, no. I wouldn't do this. No, God's going to do this. Oh, God doesn't hurt anyone. Oh, may God judge you. you know? <laughs> it's according to our, not faith, it's according to our... See, when there's two and three Christians together, together, there's any confusion in the mix. There should be Jesus in the midst. 
But when I understand my father, the father disciplines, the father rebukes, the father chastises, but with everything he always edifies, he loves, he heals, puts you back on course and says, keep walking, my son. Keep walking, my daughter. And if you understand the father, you understand who you are. You see, people are chasing something every day. I was a chaser. I love the move of the Spirit. If there was no move of the Spirit, I'm out. I remember I was in church one day. It was my old church, and I've said this before. I go, come on, Lord. We're casting out devils on Tuesday nights, and we're healing the sick on Wednesday nights, and we're preaching the gospel on Thursday night. And he goes, and when you come here Sunday, you're a Pharisee. <laughs> Sorry, Lord. Because <laughs> I was judging the pastor. Not in a harsh way, just that little judgment. Like, he's an awesome bloke, but... but. He's, he's okay, but the service went too long. Service too short. The singers are off today. Dorian's message was too long. The rabbis is too short. Tony was too long. He's sick of his jokes. How come he doesn't smile? What you, we can pick anything to death. Or do you leave here saying, so Gary, look, let's be honest. Yeah? From, just me to you. No one else is listening, all right? Just me to you. And everyone on the internet. And everyone outside. Most people forget the sermon as soon as they walk out the door. Come on, let's be honest. But for, I don't want you to remember the sermon or how good the sermon was. I want you to leave here knowing the Father better than you walked in. I want you to know Jesus better than you walked in. Because if you don't do that, I'm not doing my job. If you don't leave here hungering and thirsting for the things of God, I'm not doing my job. I'm not, hey, I'm an entertainer, but my, my jokes aren't going to get you to heaven. My jokes aren't going to get you set free from the devil, but the word of the Lord will set you free. See, when you understand the Father, you understand you, and the only person that can reveal the Father is the Son. Why can I touch that much of the Father? And I wouldn't even do it justice. Don't come in here to tick a box. To, 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 oh, I've got nothing better to do on a Sunday. Come to know who Jesus Christ is because he's only going to point to the Father. Oh, the Father sent the Son so the Son can reveal the Father. So the Son of God become the Son of Man so the sons of men can become children of God. And in these last days, we need to go back to the Father's love. It's only, why did Jesus do what he do? He didn't do it because it was right. He didn't do it because the law said it. He didn't do it because someone prophesied it. That's all garbage. He came because he loved the Father. And he goes, I go about my Father's business. And I do what I do because I want to please the Father. That's why he came. If you only do what you do to tick a box, there's no reward. If you only pray, because I have to pray, there's no reward. There's no benefit. You know what? Put the reward aside a bit. Don't you want to pray just to hear him? I do. I long to hear him. I hear him, but I long to hear him. Paul, Peter, uh, Paul says it this way. I just long to know you a bit more. At the end of his life, he's saying, I just want to know you a bit more. You don't know him? If anyone knew him was Paul, he goes, I just want to know him more. There's no end to knowing who God is in your life. There's no end. See, don't believe the lie of the devil that you have nothing and he's only given you a limited. God is not restricted. Look what he says here. I think I even didn't even write this down. He says, I do the will of the Father because it pleases him. 
didn't write it down. He says, I only do because it pleases him. Whatever I do is to please him. Imagine that concept for one second. That everything you do today is to glorify him and to please him. Is your life pleasing him? I'm not even talking about sin here. Just general. Is your life pleasing him? Guess my biggest fear one day is that, Tony, I gave you so much to do and you didn't do it. But God doesn't do that to you. You know, I reckon when we get to heaven, we're going to look back and say, wow, what a missed opportunity that was. That I could have done so much more for him, but I was just focused on me and me. And Oh, but you know what, Tony? You know, you've got a family to raise. Yeah, yeah, you've got a family to raise. I oh, thank God I didn't listen to those idiots. Sorry, I'll take that back. No, no. Because they want to put you in a little box and say, have a Sunday Christian. But I thank God I didn't listen to those people. I thank God I went to prayer meetings. I thank God I went down and and learnt from elders. I thank God I was rebuked. I thank God I was disciplined. I thank God I stayed on the course no matter what. Thank God when I lost everything, I didn't lose him. Thank God the greatest testimony for me is my wife and family are serving God today. Nothing else. Nothing else. I can stand here before you. I can tell you about the miracles I've seen. I can tell you about the mistakes and the made and how God redeemed. I can tell you all the supernatural stuff. But I want to tell you about who my father is. He'd never leave me nor forsake me. That's the God I want to tell you about. Because if you're entertained with the miracles, that's great. That's just a sign to the unbeliever, the Bible says. But I want to know who he is. Amen. Is someone getting anything out of this? So there's four things I want you to quickly before I close. What time is it? I'm not closing yet. I'm joking. I'm just, that's my introduction. I'm not. I heard someone say that once. I thought it was funny. All right. To know the Father, the first thing that happens to you is, oh, it's already up there. The sense of personal identity. Matthew 11, 27. All things have been delivered to me by my Father and no one knows the Son except the Father and nor does anyone know the Father except the Son and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. When I get to know the Father, listen to me, when I understand who Jesus is, He's my Saviour, He died for me on the cross, He forgave my sin and He washed me with His blood and He put the Holy Spirit inside me. It's all to point to the Father. Because the only way I could know the Father is only through the Son. Because he says, only person that knows the Father is the Son. When I know the Son, he takes me away to the Father. Personal idea. We have an identity crisis today. And we know what the enemy is trying to do. The Father, in the sense of the word of... And please don't misunderstand what I'm about to say here. The biggest attack on family is fatherhood right now. No, no, you, you women want your rights and I want you to have rights. I want you the right to believe the Father because we've just muddled up everything now. Yes, men have abused their authority as fathers and as, as leaders and as that, but it doesn't change the fact if Jesus wasn't in submission to the Father, then nothing would have come on this earth. If the Holy Spirit wasn't manifested through the Word of God, Jesus... But we would decide to change the rules now and we want to do it our way and that's why there's chaos on the world and they're attacking fatherhood, they're attacking motherhood now. You can't say, anyway, I'm not going to go down that road and we have a lost generation of, we have an identity crisis because we don't know who the father is. That's the biggest problem we've got today. Second thing, when you know the father, 
the sense of unconditional love. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Jesus is saying, as the Father has loved me, and I have loved you, I have loved you, then the love of the Father is within you. This is in John chapter 50. Third thing. The sense of belonging. Heaven is our home. See, we're on a destination, on my way. We're the people of the way. Where are we going? Heaven? No, to our Father's house. The prodigal son story just shows you you're coming back to the Father. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. The word mansions here, uh, God bless the uh, certain preachers that you're in heaven and you're going to have this big mansion with gold streets and that. Whoopie-doo, a chicken coop is a mansion in heaven. Everyone thinks we're all going to get a mansion by ourselves and live by... Well, what's the point? Who serves us in the mansion? Is it, do I have a butler? That poor butler didn't get saved. <laughs> the word mansions here is talking about something big, rooms. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places or many rooms in my father's house. I've shared this story before. Jesus is speaking from a Jewish concept. Uh, even in, when I went to overseas to Lebanon, I was... I went to, to my mum's village and I stayed at my, my uncle's house and there was a house and underneath the house there was another level and then on top of it there was another level and there, there was provisions to have another level. And I said, oh, what's going on here? He goes, oh, well, that, that was your grandfather's house and when your uncle got married, he built a house and then when your, when your nephew gets married or when your cousin gets married, he'll build another house and then if his son gets married, he'll So in my father's house, there are many dwelling places in other words in the old culture they didn't have land they couldn't go around well i'm gonna live in here live no no they all lived on top of each other and the jewish culture was the glory of the father in a jewish mindset the glory of the father is how many sons he had are you with me and the more sons he had the more levels of his house so the bigger his house was the bigger more glory he had because he had sons and daughters and grandchildren and granddaughters you get the picture so in my father's house when jesus says i'll go to prepare a place for you jesus is saying this to thomas i'm going to go prepare a place for you because in my father's house there are many places for you you know what jesus has done he's come and put a ring on our finger and says i'm going to engage you the, the, the deposit of the holy spirit when we enter the cross he says i'm going to go and prepare a place and when i return i'll take you where i am you will also be where are we going to the father's house and the concept is the father gets glory with how many sons he got so let me ask you this question when's the last time you shared your faith with someone when's the last time you led someone to the lord When's the last time you even gave the light of the gospel to someone so they could get saved and come into the Father's house so he and the Father can be one? When was the last time? That's what he's saying here. I've got to prepare a place for you. I mentioned he's talking about many dwelling places in my Father's house. And the Father gets the glory. You know why? Every time someone gets saved, what's the Bible say? Whole of heaven rejoices when one sinner comes into repentance. What's he doing? When you got saved, 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 when you get saved, when you got saved, when you got some joke. <laughs> heaven stopped. The whole of heaven stopped. Because that's how important our soul is to the Father. And guess what? Jesus went up there and he's preparing a room for you. He's preparing a place in the Father's heart. Because the Father gets the glory because he looks up and he sees the mansions getting bigger every day. The house is getting bigger every day. The additions of the house is getting bigger every day. See, my sense of belonging is in heaven. If I don't belong, I will never become. If you don't belong in the Father's house, you better find out why.
Why don't you belong? Some people skip from place to place, from identity to identity. We lie to ourselves, we look in the mirror, this is who I am, tomorrow there's someone else different. Why? They don't understand the Father. But when I understand the Father, I'm secure in who I am. I'm not competing against you. I'm not trying to be better than him. I don't care what you have or don't have. I just know I'm secure in the Father. You can't. And the Bible says, when you're in the Father's hand, nobody can snatch you out. Give him a round of applause for that. (laughs) Number four. A sense of serving. And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do the things that please him. Is your life pleasing to the Lord? Is he pleased with you? Because he's not a hard taskmaster. God's not putting burdens on you that you can't carry. Someone asks me, why do you do what you do? At work one day he says, are you one of those guys that takes the offerings? And He goes, do you want to take the offering? I go, yeah. Oh, you got to see these guys I work with. Okay, yeah. What do you think we got? We got our hands up. He goes, why? Because we've got a card. That we, goes, we just scanned everyone's wallets as they got their hands up. He goes, wow, only lepers would think of that. <laughs> I looked at the guy and said, can I ask you a question? He goes, yeah. I says, first thing you said is about money. He goes, yeah. Because they, they rip everyone off. I go, yeah, some people have done that. But I want to ask you a question. Why are you angry that someone's ripping you off? He goes, who's ripping me off? He goes, the casino. The TAB, sports bet, the multi. He looked at me and goes, oh, fair point, and walked off. <laughs> Don't get offended when someone comes at you. Go back and just challenge them. They love me at work. I serve because I want to please him. Now, if I do things to please him, and he hasn't asked me to do it, he's not pleased. If I say to my son, take the rubbish out, and he takes the neighbours out, the old lady across, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you a funny story about this. Can I say this, AJ? I'm going to pick someone. So I put the rubbish out, and it's Friday, uh, the red bin and the yellow bin. And we help the old lady across the road. So I go across the road and take her bins out. So I said, boys, if you don't mind, because she... She sees the bin, the old lady, and she's not meant to go out to the front yard because she'll fall over and she's on her own. She's 92. God bless her. I said, but she feels bad, so she'll go and try and get the bin and she falls over. I said, if you see the bin, once the, once, once the, the rubbish truck comes, take the bin inside for her. Put it in the backyard. So I get home and I went, wow, they took the bin in. But I went and saw my bin still outside. <laughs> I said, with all due respect, my lovely children who are in my will, who I work. You walk past our bin, across the road, to do a good deed for a good Samaritan, took the bin in the backyard, and then you walk past my bin and said hello to it and went inside. <laughs> now, my mind works different than maybe I'm wrong, but you walk past the bin, for God's sake. <laughs> and sometimes we like that with God. Albin, <laughs> security, get rid of this guy. <laughs> At least someone's listening. You got, you left my wife's bin. Is that better? <laughs> but you get the point. We give two dollars to Africa, and we give two dollars to Ukraine, and we give two dollars to 
banks down, because they need it, banks down. You know, they just won today too. Anyway. And we think we've done something. Like, we'll send, like, it's easy to give something and let this, but I don't got no responsibility. I'll just give it and go. You know, I'm happy now. I've done my duty. And yet when God says to you, why don't you feed the homeless? Why don't you bring them into your house? Why don't you put your arm around someone? Why don't you invite someone for lunch? Why don't you pick someone up from church? Why don't you sit down and fellowship with someone? But we're better to take the old ladies men in and say, we've done something and walk past your own little house. So this is the serving church. We don't have all got it all worked out, don't we? We're on that journey of on the way. But you know what? I don't do nothing because I have to. Whatever the Father has asked me to do, that pleases him. And it could be nothing. Pray. Ring that person when he pops into your head. We despise the small things because we want to see the big things. We want to see angels coming down, down on our ladder in our backyard like Jacob's ladder. And we want to see visions and dreams. And we won't even do what's written in the word of God. And you... Shut up. I've seen this all my life. They know the scripture back to front, but they never live it out. I'd rather be raw and with rough edges trying to do what God's asked me to do than to pretend that I've got it worked out and do nothing for the kingdom. Nothing. Because I want to please him. Because ultimately I stand before him. I give an account to him. Not my wife, not my kids, not you guys, to him. I want to please him. And if I understand the son, he shows me the father. Once you understand the father's love, listen to me, you will know what you have to do. It's very simple. Because the father does not play games. The father is so beautiful. He makes it clear. Because sometimes we want God to give us the vision and the dream of our life and we're not even willing to have five minutes to pray. I can't give you any more. If I'm not willing to obey the written word, how am I going to get a rhema word? Guy said to me, oh man, God's been dealing with me to get baptised. I said, well, get baptised. He goes, how long has he been dealing with? He goes, 12 years. <laughs> True story. 12 years and you think, yeah, let me pray on it. <laughs> 12 years. For the mere fact that you brought it up to me and it's been 12 years, you've got issues of disobedience. Just for you bring it up, I don't have to say nothing. You know what you have to do. Yeah, I don't know where God is in my life. I know where he is. He's in the backyard waiting for you to open the door because you're trying to... Listen to me. The Father doesn't put any more burdens on you that you can carry, true? Now that scripture, are we agreeing on that? We might think it's a burden at the time. See, people get it wrong. See, see, I, I played rugby league all my life, as you can see. Um, I used to. And the off-season was the worst. They used to put burdens on us. They used to make us train on sand hills. And at the time, it was hard. I cannot, we can't do this, man. How can we do But yet, as time goes on, guess what? We could do it. And we can get through the runs. And we can get the times. And we can get our, lose our weight. And we can get stronger. And all these things that we could do because we were persistent in doing it. So when we finished, we look back and goes, you know what? They knew what they were doing. At the time when I was carrying the load, I thought it was hard. But when I get through, I look back, I go, wow, they gave us the idea and the strength to get through. How much more your heavenly father? At the time, God might ask you to do something that requires oh, maybe faith. Maybe God asks you to do something that you cannot do. That's called faith. Or maybe I'm going to, well, God's asked me to do something, but that's going to interfere with this. I go, maybe it's time to sacrifice that to please the Father. Or maybe it's time to shut the TV down and read the Bible. Oh, but you know, well, that's my quiet time. Maybe how much more quiet do you want? 
You get what I'm trying to say? I'm not trying to put anyone there. I'm just saying at the time when God says to do something, it might be a burden. But guess what? When you get through, you look back, you think, wow, give me more. But you have to be willing to walk. Because we are, we are people of the way. Where are we going? To the Father. Everything you do, every dollar you pay, every prayer you make, every move you make, every step you make, well, it's a song. <laughs> is one step closer to the Father. So just to recap that introduction. When you look at the Father now, how do you see him? Because the Bible says that there's no, perfect love casts out all fear. We love to use that, and I, I use it a lot, in the sense of the devil and the spirit of fear. But in that context, you know what it really means? There's no fear in love for perfect love casts out all fear. And what does that mean? It means there's no fear in love, the love of the Father. And I cast out any fear. You know what? I'm not scared to go to my Father. When I've sinned or when I haven't sinned, I can come to him because of the precious blood. I can sit at his feet because perfect love. His perfect love, not yours. His perfect love on the cross of Calvary that paid the ultimate price and died but then rose again. Hey, cast out any fear in me. That's why I say to you, if you fall... If you've sinned, if you've disrespected, come back to the Father. Because you can boldly to the throne of grace because of the precious blood of Jesus. That's the Father. Can we stand? I didn't even get anywhere near it. Come next week and we'll talk about um, <laughs> bread, forgiveness. It's a beautiful thing. You know what? You can't exhaust the our Father. I just want to give you the glimpse because if I can't get the first sentence right, our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be, how would there's not his name? But if I can't get the first bit right, I can't get anything else right. If I don't understand who he is and where he is, how do I get forgiveness? This is a beauty. Thank you for forgiving us as we forgive others. We love to get forgiven, but we don't want to forgive. And that's binding people. We'll get to that next week. But tonight, I just, I just want you to just, I just feel, feel led by the Holy Spirit. That you may have never had a loving father in the natural. Or a, an absent father. Or a father that provided but never hugged you. Or Look, I can go through a million scenarios here. I'm not a counsellor or a psychologist. All I can say to you is, we've all been there. And our, our, I can guarantee you, I can, I can find 1,000 faults about my earthly father and I bet you my kids can find a few about me too. In other words, it's not about that. It's about who he is. That's why he said that if you love your mother and father more than me, you're not fit to be my disciple. You cannot be disciplined by me if your only source is your mum and dad where you come from. Because he says, do not call anyone father. He's not saying, do not call your, your parents mother and father. He's saying, do not call anyone creator. You don't get life from where you've come. You get life from him who came to you. That's what he's saying. And when I know him... Listen to me, people. You might not like to hear this, but when I understand who my Father is, who's in heaven, and He gives me my daily bread, and His kingdom come and His will be done, guess what? I can love my biggest enemy. I can pray for my enemy. I can bless those who abuse me. I can ask for God's favour upon people who hurt me. 
I can I release people that have abused me. I even, you can't do it by your natural will. If you could, Jesus would not have to come. But because of his love and his mercy and his grace, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I want to finish off again, if you don't mind, Becky, the first scripture. And I don't want to become religious here. But now, just a glimpse of the Our Father. To know that you're loved by him, that you're on his mind, and he's thinking about you. If he cares about the sparrow, how much more valuable are you? See, Jesus didn't come to redeem a sparrow. Jesus came to die for you and me. So we could be redeemed, bought back, purchased back into the Father's house. So we're going to say that our Father again. Can we get it up in one big... Um, or no? If you can't, it doesn't matter. But this time I want you to say it from a knowledge that you're not just saying a prayer that you learned um, and, and, and you're just saying it. I want you to understand every line. I want you to understand. I want you to put it this way. Our Father, my Daddy in heaven that loves me, that sent Jesus Christ down for me. Your name is so holy and so reverent that I can't do it justice. Next line. That your kingdom come, the, the way you do things, how you operate, will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus is the bread of life. His word is food to our soul. And forgive us our debts. In other words, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my thoughts. Forgive me that you paid the ultimate price because of the cross. And wash me with your blood. And because of that, I can forgive those who have hurt me. Those who have sinned against me. Those who have talked about me. Those who have slandered me. Those who have abused me. Those who have lied about me. And do not lead us into temptation. That word means he's not leading you to that because when we led into temptation, he won't let us go there. But he delivers us from the evil one. The Bible says sin is knocking on your door every day. Don't open it. He takes you away from the temptation. And he delivers you. Doesn't say he'll fight for you, he delivers you. Sometimes you're going through some stuff. If you just keep walking it out, you'll be delivered. Amen. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And what's the last word? Who knows what amen means? Agreed. So be it. Finished. Done. It's sealed. Fixed. No one can change it. So we're going to say the whole prayer now. Go back to the beginning. All together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So be it. Amen. Father, I thank you for tonight. And I lift up that name that's above every name. That name of Jesus. 
That name is above every name because every knee shall bow and every tongue that will confess in heaven, on earth and below the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And Jesus says, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So Lord, I breathe the love of the Father upon every person here tonight. That they leave here knowing you, the one and only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. I thank you, Lord, that we can leave here today knowing a little glimpse of who you are because you want to be known. You're a father that loves, that he sent. For God so loved the world that was corrupted, that blasphemed him, that rejected him, he still sent his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now and in the future. The Bible says we are seated in heavenly places. So if our Father's in heaven and Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, the Holy Spirit's job now is to manifest Christ in you, the hope of glory. But we, the Bible says, we are seated now in heavenly places. In other words, we can receive from the Father right now as it was if we were in heaven on this earth. So Lord, I pray tonight that everyone can get a glimpse of who you are. I thank you for the wonderful blood of Jesus that washed us. Thank you for by your wounds we are healed. Thank you, you manifest your love of your Father. And I thank your Holy Spirit. You breathe on people that they may know who you are, that their identity is fixed in you. They belong in your house because you're right now preparing a place for us that we can abide in you forever. I thank you, Holy Spirit. You're the Spirit of truth and you guide people into all truth. And we lift up holy hands and we say thank you for your name is holy. Your name is holy. The name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Bless you guys. You're free to go. If you want prayer, the floor is open. But please come up to know Him. If there's a need, we come in agreement. But God bless you. So we'll see you Wednesday. Have a great week. Amen. Amen.